Welcome to Mike and Mike Theology Plus, the podcast where we talk about all things related to Christian theology. Welcome back to Mike and Mike Theology Plus, where theology matters. So we're going to pick up with uh, our discussion of dispensationalism and covenant theology, and we had a longer two-part discussion on uh, pre-fall conditions and what you called, sorry, excuse me, the covenant of works, works. what I called the uh, Edenic dispensation. Mm -hmm. That's Eden with an IC on the end of it. And then, um, so that's the dispensation of innocence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's the Adamic or Adamic, however you want to say it. That's Adam with IC on the end of it. These are very creative on how we get these names of these dispensations. They are. Yeah. Um, and covenants. Uh, (laughs) uh, so that was what happened pre uh, post fall. And, um, so in some sense, God is relating to us differently, but it's because we changed our behavior, not because God changed. Um, so do y'all, y'all, the covenant theologians probably don't have a, a new covenant there when the fall happened. It's perhaps a little nuanced. I mean, you would see Genesis 3.15 as the protevangelium. And so the new covenant begins to be active. So say that word again. In 315, you have... evangelium Yeah. Yeah. So just for our listeners, because that may be a new word for some folks. you want to break that apart? Uh, in Genesis 315, the gospel is promised. You have the first prophetic foreshadowing of the coming of Christ, the coming of the Redeemer that will crush the head of the serpent, that the serpent will bruise his, you know, strike his heel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Proto. Yes. First. Mm-hmm. Evangelium. Good news. Gospel. So, yeah. Yeah. The proto gospel. Yeah. So the first first version of the the gospel. All right. So mm-hmm. keep going. Although it's not really the first version. It's just the first announcement. Related ver- yeah. 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 I mean, we, Did I say first version? Yeah. It, well, I just <clears throat> meant the first. We, we would agree the gospel hasn't changed over time. Correct. The amount of revelation about the gospel has changed over right. time. And, so, and that's why this becomes a little bit murky as to is it a new covenant there or not, um, mm-hmm. because every covenant theologian I've heard of talks about some kind of eternal covenant of grace or redemption that was settled in the Godhead from all eternity past. And so, yes, you now have its application to Adam and Eve post-fall, mm-hmm. but it's not... Um, I don't know. It, it gets a little sticky to define terms exactly. Yeah, and so the son of Eve would crush the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Not the seed of Eve. Yeah, the seed of Eve, yeah. Not all serpents. Correct, just no. venomous ones. <laughs> uh, so go ahead. I think that was done. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, at least, and maybe the only reason we call this a new dispensation is because man's conditions change. Um, Adam's work increases. They're forced outside of the garden. Um, 
There's I would say, I would say his toil increases. Okay. He is was, toil and work, are they synonyms? I don't think of them as direct synonyms. We were given work in the garden. Right. But it did. It was not toil at that time. Wasn't laborious. It was. It was labor, but it wasn't laborious. It wasn't labor. Laborious. Laborious. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, you, I think you understand. Like, I, I get the distinction you're making. Yeah. I just had never thought about toil and work being different things. But, Adam's work is now cursed. Yeah. The um, earth is now cursed, which and changes. there is a curse on this serpent or. All serpents. It, this is a pretty uh, mysterious passage to me. I, I agree that it's mysterious, given the fact that I mean, how many serpents are there with legs? Well, I know you're looking at me crazy, but uh, ball pythons or royal pythons do have little bitty quarter inch legs on them my i actually knew it was more than zero yeah but it's a vanishingly small number compared right. to the overall group right right that leads me kind of to think that so what happened to the glass lizard like did were they close by and that's the legless lizard <laughs> that's the legless lizard yeah. yeah um probably yeah probably they yeah. got they got hit with the blast yeah kind of like you know <laughs> when you're close to somebody that blasphemes and you get hit by the lightning right too. right yeah yeah, yeah so uh, i'm not sure entirely what's going on in that I, passage. i'm not either I, and i don't know was it I mean, it said the serpent was more crafty, so that seems to be applying that actually to the serpent. Most people see at least a reference to Satan. Is it a, a demon-possessed serpent? Or, I mean, it, it's difficult to... Did Adam and Eve regularly talk to all Adams and all animals? They did talk to all Adams. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Because it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't say, and Eve was shocked because the serpent was talking to her. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, what is going on here? So I think that C.S. Lewis got it right in uh, The Magician's Nephew. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And post-fall, the animals lost their ability to speak. Was it still okay to ride on a horse's back? If they gave you permission. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like Fledge does. Right. That's good. Strawberry. All right. So I'm guessing you would have a Noahic covenant in the covenant theology or no? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about the Noahic covenant from the covenant theology point of view. It encompasses all creatures and the earth. Okay. And it is uh, God putting a self-maledictory oath on himself. Uh, to not do the same thing again, but to allow cold and heat, seed time and harvest to continue until the consummation of all things and not to again destroy the earth by water. And um, you think before this people were vegetarians or if they weren't, they were breaking a rule? I think they were. Um it's not a hill I care to die on a ton, but it does seem that the uh, it does seem that the rules are shifting over time. 
So I think, you know, you're, we were kind of bantering about um, Moses and days and stuff. I think this is the old earth creationist weakest spot. So I, I can make these verses in early on in Genesis. I think it's somewhere in three, but it may be in two. And then the Noahic covenant, I can bend them and say, all right, well, this is how you have to understand them. But I, I feel like I'm bending, like, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm having to bend these in to place in order for, I, I feel like those are the weakest verses. I don't feel like the, the, uh, 10 commandments are the weakest verses. I'm just, I don't know if that matters to you. The 10 commandments don't give me pause. These are the only verses I'm like. Those give me pause. Um, so we've talked about this sometimes about death entering and all of that. And one thing that had cons- that I had considered recently because I reread Genesis one through something recently, um, and I know you you've expressed kind of disdain for a position at least similar to this, but I could see death being death for things in which there is the breath of life. Because in Genesis, during creation, God makes a distinction about the plants. And then there's these things. And then you get to the flood. And I think it says, you know, he, everything in which there was the breath of life. Mm-hmm. And, and there seems to be... What I expressed, I think, disdain over was blood. Because <clears throat> that's what was that was what one young ager... You can only die if you have blood. Right. That the that Romans five twelve, did I get that right? Um it's only applicable to those things that had blood. And I was like Okay, like how far does that go and like how far how much does the blood have to be the same? Because in some sense uh, trees have sap, which is the life carrying fluid through them. It's not blood. It doesn't have hemoglobin in it. So that's why I was like, that seems very ad hoc. Now, I haven't heard this breath of life thing, though. Well, and this is just my own kind of musings. But as I was reading back through that recently, there in the creation account and in the flood account, if I remember correctly, there is a distinction made where God singles out those things in which there is the breath of life, which makes me kind of go, eh, you know, I mean, maybe an apple rotting isn't ontologically death biblically um the way we would say scientifically because we understand cells and all of that would it be different um for an apple to die versus the apple tree to be cut down would you have a perhaps just like i can flake off skin cells and that you wouldn't say i'm killing part of me because that because the the whole organism is still intact. I don't know. I mean, the position that I hold to is that the number of days, 24 hour cycles that Adam was alive Mm -hmm. prior to the fall was pretty short. So, and so what about, so you're saying that the breath of life that would get around the amoeba concern. Yeah. So the natural fermentation, uh, fungus eating stuff, rotting, that type of stuff would, by that, and again, this is just a recent idea that I had. I'm not necessarily even yeah. advocating for it, but that occurred to me that that could be a way to demarcate mm-hmm. thing. I mean, what God means by death, because 
I believe when it says that the last enemy to be defeated is death, I believe there will be no death again in the eternal state. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, but do you think that amoebas don't die? Well, that means that may, there may not be amoebas in the eternal state, or if there are, they don't reproduce like they do. I mean, what does it mean? Well, what would that's it what mean I would to- say going back prior to the fall is we, a lot of these arguments presume that all of nature works the same pre-fall as it does post-fall. And I'm going, wait, that's a big presupposition because... Well, it's not because we don't have a record of a new creation and we do have record in Job where God says that he, once he set things in motion, he wasn't changing them. Uh, something I had to find that reference for you, but it's pretty clear that God, and you could say, well, it's just poetic, but it but what seems, does it mean that creation is subject to futility because of us and crying out for its redemption. If well, its redemption includes the removal of death, I don't think that, state. that there are atoms or rocks or anything that are literally crying out. I think that it, the creation was designed for a purpose and our sin has subjugated that purpose. It's no, it's not fulfilling its purpose. And when our sin is done away with and we're made perfect, then um, creation will be able to be its perfect self too. And we know that there is a new heaven and new earth. So there is literally a new, you know, everything's going to be rolled up like a scroll. So that that would, so I don't even, so you just go back to my other question. I don't even know what it would mean in the new heaven and new earth for there to be a predator, like an amoeba is a predator of other small organisms. Um, I don't know what that, uh, what does that look like? Are there organisms that are there just to be eaten? And if there are, then I guess death would have to be a part of it, which is why I think that death was, at least animal death was there before pre-fall. So, but getting back to the Noahic covenant, the there are explicitly um, a permission to eat meat as long as you're not eating it with the blood. Well, and not just that, but why I think it's new is because in Genesis nine, God says, "As I gave you the plants to eat." So I give you, and I don't know if it says so now, I'll check. But he says, so I give you um, animals. All right, while he's looking that up, uh, I'll just give you some other new things about the Noahic Covenant. We do have capital punishment explicitly given. um, And there seems to be an idea of capital punishment pre the Noahic Covenant. There's the guy who had two wives. Lamech. Yeah. And he kills someone. Well, I mean, Cain. Right. Yeah. Even going back to Cain. Yeah. Cain expects capital punishment. Right. And yeah. So he gets marked with red hair or black skin or those are two different things I've heard. Really? Yeah. Go ahead and read it. Or both. Or maybe both. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis Rodman back in the day. Um, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So here he's establishing, mm-hmm. just going back to the other one, here he's establishing a covenant with the exact same words that were given to Adam and Eve. Right. So the parallel there is pretty striking for there being a covenant in the garden. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. As I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. So 
this seems to be a new development that if if Noah and the boys were eating meat before the flood, that just seems like an odd statement for God mm-hmm. to make. But the as I gave is not there. Is as yours I italicized? Gave you the green plants. So in the NAS, NASB it says, Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give it all to you, comma, the green plant. The as I gave is an, is italicized for me as as though it was added because the. So we'll need to call in a Hebrew scholar for this apparently. So what's italicized? The as I gave. Can you see that? Oh, just the I gave. Yeah. I as gave the green. Sorry, as I when I zoomed it in more, I could tell that the as was not also italicized. Sorry. All right. Um, but yes, we agree that capital punish. I, I believe capital punishment is not permitted by Genesis nine. It is required by Genesis nine. And so, would you um, would you have varying levels? So, what if? What I mean by that is I don't believe that a society is in obedience to God if it abolishes the death penalty. Okay. So Um, if they have certain rules about, okay, if these criteria are met, then you're getting the death penalty, you're generally okay with that. Yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with the general American laws of first-degree murder. Uh, I would, in certain cases of rape, I would absolutely 100% there. Like yeah. I keep seeing all these things about Alabama and they've done good on the abortion law in my opinion, but then now they're saying, well, a rapist can request parental rights in most other states. If you conceive a child via rape, then you forfeit any rights to that child. So the only, the only issue I have with that is we have so widened the strike zone on what rape is, mm. you know, like there was a, a really uh, notorious case in Georgia when we lived there ten or fifteen years ago. Well, yeah. So I guess just to put, and this is put a bow I, on what I'm saying. I think rapists who and the common understanding of rape right. should be executed if if you know if they're like a if it's a first degree rape like we know it's him we know blah 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 yeah. then they should be executed. But go ahead. Well, with yeah, the, where I want to maybe temporize a little bit is. There was a case where a guy and a girl were boyfriend, girlfriend, and they were like two years and a couple of weeks or months Mm -hmm. apart. They engaged in oral sex, totally consensual. And now because he was 18 in a few days or something, he's a rapist. That's, That's morally wrong behavior. Right. But... That's that's a totally different class of activity. I don't even think that should necessarily be illegal. I do think it's immoral. Um, so that's the stuff I'm talking about. Or, you know, th- there are times where if a girl decides later that she didn't actually want to have sex, th- those are the ones where I'm not saying that there hasn't been something wrong that's gone on. Right. I'm not saying in all of those cases that the guy... Is is fine. I mean, 
But my point is... We know that there are things like date rape where a girl gets pushed further than what she wants. Absolutely, yes. But there are also times when there's just regret rape, I think is what we're saying, where it was consensual at the time, now yeah, she like regrets it. The guy it. had no chance. If he had wanted to, quote unquote, be a gentleman, which <laughs> doesn't really fit, but you know what I'm saying. Right. You know, if he would have stopped had she said no... But she didn't. But right. then, you know, I mean, that that that's troubling right. to me. So now they have, uh, like, even in the military, like, we get trained, so we get some of the same training that the military gets because I'm a civil servant. Are you sure you want to have sex with me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, typically people are not going to do that. Like, you right. can tell someone's responsive, and then, and they've kind of eased up on that a little bit, and and now we have like. Here are indications that the person really does want to have sex with the unlawful. You really need stop, training. Stop. My wife is pregnant with my fifth child. I'm good on this. Yeah, yeah. And that's me being you, not yeah, me yeah. being you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so in, in the case where there's a physical violent assault, it is clear rape. Um, then I think, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I'm down with the... Old Testament Israel standard of if we can prove you made a false accusation, then you get the penalty that you were seeking to impose. Yeah, I didn't know that was. How did I miss that? That that was in the Old Testament. You didn't know that. Mm-mm. But I've actually said the same thing. Like the people who are like accusing people of something and like putting their lives in danger, and it mm-hmm. finds out they've made up the whole story. Like you should be in danger. You should get the same penalty. You Absolutely. just try to put on that yeah. other person. So if you accuse somebody of a crime that carries the death penalty, I think that you should be executed if it, if it's made up now, right. if it's murky and you can't, you know, like I'm not, right. I, I We're don't talking want to like chopping people's heads off right. left and right, but if they're but, clear cases, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, you go to Genesis nine, you go to Romans 13. I think it's very clear. And the reason is the same reason that I'm pro-life because the image of God that is in us is so sacred that its violation needs to be taken extremely mm-hmm. seriously. We do not violate that for innocent babies in the womb, which is why abortion is murder. And when it is violated by somebody willfully taking somebody else's life, which essentially rape kind of does. I mean, it, it, it's not murder, but... It right. is extraordinarily damaging. Right. And so I think you, you have so damaged the Imago Dei and the victim that there needs to, there, that God demands justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, so God will never destroy the earth again. Is that part of the Noahic covenant? Uh, by flood. By flood. <laughs> yeah, so he'll never drown everything again, but uh, he will set it to fire, melt it. It's what, uh, is that second Peter? One of the first or second Peter, one uh, of them. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's a little bit unclear whether it melts or burns or dissolves or whatever, but yeah. it's, it's, it's clear that you either have a new heavens and a new earth or a radically renovated or, I mean, mm-hmm. you don't want to be here. Right. So some folks have made the um, uh, conclusion, I guess, the point that it's ironic that the LGBT have chosen the rainbow 
as their symbol. And I'm guessing it got chosen because it's all different colors when they want inclusion for all different people. I don't, I don't even know the history on that, but um, they're saying, you know, it's ironic that they've chosen this because the Noahic covenant says he's not going to destroy it by water again, but we know he will destroy it by fire. I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of substance to that, but yeah. And another thing that I've seen on Facebook recently is there's a red, white, and blue flag that kind of looks patriotic and people are like, that's the transgender flag. So oh. you may not want to use that background. Yeah. And it's sad because I was in a church service not too long ago, not ours, um, that they had an upside down triangle, like in like the, the, the slideshow of the, the lyrics to the, it was like it, a background or something. Yeah. It was just like the background. Like there was like nature and waterfalls or like a sky or something. And, you know, they had this upside down triangle where it would like go through inverted colors or something, just something seemingly innocent. Of course, I'm thinking the upside down triangle is a symbol for lesbianism. So it's, it's sad that all these things have been taken over to I symbolize your, stuff. What was the meme that you posted? Happy remembering the Noah covenant <laughs> month or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Parker posted it first, oh. but I am anti pixelated pictures in it. Maybe just, that's why you don't like seeing the Ten Commandments in the garden. Yeah, yeah. So you called it pixelated. Well, yeah. So what I meant by that was I know what you, you know what I meant. Okay. So, but uh, yeah. So I redid it and made it nice for him, and I thought I'd post it on mine too. And Jill's like, you know, people are going to say something about that, but I didn't have any. I expected maybe a couple comments from my friends who are wrong on LGBT, mm-hmm. and uh, but I I didn't hear any. So, so real quick, yeah. Uh, Deuteronomy 19, starting in 15, a single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. Interestingly enough, also the same standard that's reused in the New Testament for Matthew charges 18. against an elder. Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, isn't it for all of them? Because um, Matthew 18 says where two or three are gathered in my name, so all that there will I be also what you bind in heaven. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. You're saying there's a continuity right. between the... Yes, yes. It is two or three. Right. Yeah. And that's um, for prayer meetings and for discipline. Oh, man. I saw... Never mind. If a malicious witness arises to accuse a person of wrongdoing, then both parties to the dispute shall appear before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who are in office in those days. The judges shall inquire diligently, and if the witness is a false witness and has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him as he had meant to do to his brother, so you shall purge the evil from your midst. There you go. Not messing around. Well, it makes sense. It does I make mean, sense. And and this is an interesting point, and I know we're like way off topic now, but I'll, I'll keep this short. Um, but... You know, I'm a James White fan mm-hmm. and he's talked about kind of the cultural decline. And this came up, I think, during the Kavanaugh hearings where there were some people who were like, oh, well, he's been accused. So we can't possibly have him as a judge now. Mm-hmm. And the point that James was making is um, it used to be that people understood that we did not have perfect justice on Earth. And in the Old Testament, you actually have an implicit understanding that there will be people who get away with doing what is evil, right? This law says 
one witness doesn't cut it. There's going to be a lot of crimes that one person witnesses, and they're right when they accuse it, and God says, not good enough. In order to protect the person who would be maliciously accused by one person, you, you, the standard right. of proof is raised, and that's going to have people getting off who are guilty in order that people are not punished who are innocent. Right. And the idea there is, that's okay, because God will bring justice ultimately. Nobody actually gets away with it. You may mm -hmm. get away with it temporally for a while. Mm -hmm. You're not ultimately getting away with anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, our justice system is also set up to let, or at least it was initially set up to let guilty people go free so that we don't have innocent mm -hmm. people getting charged. Obviously, even our justice system is a perfect I think there's a quote from one of the founding fathers, better that 10 guilty men go free than that one innocent man be hanged or mm -hmm. punished or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like we built a lot of our laws off of what we found in the Bible. I'm telling you, man, the 10 commandments have been <laughs> understood to be the foundation uh, of our justice yeah. system because um, we're bound by them. Mm -hmm. Even the, the, uh, gradations of murder, like you find gradations of murder in the Old Testament, um, accidental murder or accidental killing. Yeah. So, all right, anything else you want to say about the Noahic covenant? Save the the big. So the Adamic covenant or the covenant of works mm -hmm. covers everybody. The Noahic covenant covers everybody. Yeah. So hereafter. We have covenants that do not cover everybody. Yeah, so the, the, the dispensationalists would say the same thing. So even though I haven't been reading all my stuff, the you can see on this one slide it says applicable to the entire world. So the previous ones also said applicable to the entire world. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, and so then the next one we get to the Abrahamic covenant. Right. Um, but should it should be Abramic covenant should it be abramic it's given to the man who becomes abraham <laughs> uh does now next down to a particular people yes yeah all right well cool so uh you want to start us off oh we're done well okay. yeah i mean we're at 30 minutes so okay think well do justice love mercy walk humbly <laughs> we'll get it one day uh, bye thanks You've been listening to Mike and Mike Theology Plus, the podcast where we talk about all things related to Christian theology. 